0: We want to talk about writing winning pitches, help you create compelling killer pitches, because we know as PR professionals, the measure of our success always comes down to getting results. You know, if you get results for clients, they'll stick around. And if you don't, then they're, you know, you might be offering other services, but if your core services are media relations and they want you to secure press, it's hard to get them to stick around if they're not converting. So it's really essential that we figure these things out and make subtle tweaks so that you can land incredible media features for your clients. Um, You know, we're going to hone those pitching skills. And like I said, it might just be subtle tweaks, but we're going to cover some of the best ways that we can, you know, tweak a little bit so you can write uh, killer pitches that have, simple strategies that have helped me and my team convert to land epic features. I actually have seven tips for you today. My first tip here is infuse personality into your pitches. Listen, we're PR pros. We have personalities. It's half of the reason why I'm here. But um, I think that one of the things that really helps me and my team connect with the media is infusing personality. You're talking to a person on the other end. It's an actual human being, Um, you know, you have to connect with them and respectfully, but carefully tailor your pitches to sound like you are talking to that specific person and to a friend. If you can do that without being too casual. This is number two, so I'm going to merge the two. It's like infusing personality, connecting with someone in the um, sense that you're making it friendly. You want to have them not feel like they're talking to like a computer-generated pitch or some kind of robot. You're a human being. Let's get your pitches to convey your personality so you can make a connection with the person reading it. And um, the second tip is you're going to highly, highly tailor your pitches. So you want to make it clear that your pitch is for that specific person, that you're sending an email to that journalist, to that editor or freelancer on the other end of the pitch, it's just for them. So you wanna make it clear that you know that the story or the idea, the angle that you're sharing is perfect for them, their specialty, what they write about, their um, media outlet, their audience, all of that is important um, because you want to make sure they know that you know what they're up to because if it's not clear, they're not going to read what you have. And they're also not going to look at it from the lens of this person knows what I'm up to. They're you know on top of my column. They're on top of my articles and my features. So I'm willing to read this because they're probably giving me something that's going to be relevant. So the more specific and tailored you are, the more likely it is that you'll land the perfect press feature or that you'll connect specifically with a journalist. And maybe they'll say not right now, or I covered this recently, but I'll keep it in mind for the future if we do an update, whatever. You just want them to know this is not a mass pitch. This is not um, something that everybody's getting and they're just going to delete it and be like, you know, spray and pray doesn't work with me. So we always approach it with going deep and making those deep connections versus just going broad and doing a numbers game because that doesn't work. And, um, I've seen pitches, I've been on the receiving end of some of those spray and pray pitches and they're lazy and it's just not a, it's not a good approach It doesn't work. And it's also a waste of your time and your client's money. So you want to mention specifically who you're pitching to, even like personalizing it in some way that shows, you know, if you're following them on social, you know, they just went on a vacation, reference that, oh my gosh, your pictures from your trip up the coast was so inspiring. Um, I love it. It reminds me of when, you know, I did a similar trip, although we didn't make it as far north as Mendocino. Wow, your pictures are gorgeous. Now they know you're sort of checked into them. I don't think that sounds stalkery. I think it sounds like, um, you know, you're inspired by their cool content and you are dialed into who they are. So that's one and two. One, infuse personality into your pitches and two, highly tailor your pitches. So it's aligning your idea with the right person at that outlet, the right timing, the right story angle that will really connect with that specific writer or the content that they typically cover. Three specifically mention affiliate relationships. Okay, so if you have a client with a product, we know now many outlets will only feature brands that are available on um, national retailers with. Uh, affiliate commission available, Amazon being the number one. Um, Typically, they will specify, too, if they're doing a query and they want certain information and they're putting it out into the world, they'll say, um, if it's on Amazon, it has to have a minimum of 500 reviews and they have to be four and five star reviews, okay? I'll explain why in a second, but this is something that you want to work into your pitch, And it's subtle, but it's not so subtle. It's something like, oh, by the way, this is available on Amazon. um, Because they know that that is a commissionable possibility. And they are getting directives from their publishers that any products that are featured have to have the ability for trackable affiliate commission. The reason for four and five star reviews and a minimum of 500 reviews is that is kind of the tipping point they see as what will convert when they talk about a product and um, they uh, see that their readers will actually click through and convert, put it in their cart. So anything that's sort of new or just has like 70 reviews and they're kind of like three stars, not going to get it done because they know that their readers will click through and not be convinced that they absolutely must have that. So there are other ways to generate affiliate revenue through other major retailers like Target, Walmart, um, you know, the beauty stores, Ulta, Sephora, all the major department stores. Um, You know, every site is having their own affiliate opportunities. Let's say your client has a website, they can build in an affiliate program through like share sale or other outlets or other platforms, but if their product is not a high ticket product, the commission is going to be too low. The value of Amazon is they drop it in their cart and they get the full cart transaction. So if they buy tons of other items like organizing things for their house, and then they get a computer or whatever stuff they transact with in the cart. If you originated that link, you get the value of the full cart. So it's very appealing to have a great Amazon um, product. So mention it because we are finding more and more, that's what my agency focuses on is our our brands, um, brands and baby and kids, beauty and cosmetics and sort of lifestyle brands. We will not get press anymore. It is like less than 10% of the features will get secured on just the product alone. It has to have an affiliate link. So, um, we also did an affiliate marketing mass, not affiliate marketing, but how affiliate marketing relates to PR and how it kind of coincides with your pitches and how to use it to be successful. We did a masterclass inside my program, the pitch lab. Um, it was a paid masterclass, but we offered it free to our members and it sits in there. It's still there. Um, so that's something that's there for you. And we went really in depth. It was a really good lesson plus discussion that we had where other people weighed in on things that are working with, with them and their clients. So that is inside the pitch lab, um, which is our monthly membership. Um, so you're going to specifically uh, mention any affiliate or relationships or opportunities, um, subtly, you know, available at Target, Walmart, Amazon, um, you know, you can also reach out through uh, your platform on ShareSale or one of those other outlets. We just use ShareSale a lot and see who the publishers are on there. And some of the media, main, uh, traditional media outlets that have online versions, will be listed as publishers. You can pitch them directly. They usually want a higher cut of the commission. So be open to that because it will come up because the typical like five, 10% is not enough. They want like 25%. It's kind of a shakedown, but you know, if your clients are able to do it. Okay, so that's three. Affiliates will make or break you if you have products. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's a reality now. And if you're not telling your clients that, you're missing out on the opportunity to really guide them to understand how to play by the rules, how to navigate the, this world right now. Um, number four, write compelling subject lines. So a great subject line will make a huge difference and it'll give you this chance to build credibility right off the bat. Um, because we know that journalists' inboxes are totally flooded. They get hundreds. I've heard 75 as a minimum, up to like hundreds of emails every single day. And it's something that'll sort of get you to stand out. It could be a make it or break it. At a minimum, the headline should Just get them to open the email. Like, that's your goal. Open my email and read it, okay? You want to use searchable keywords to make your pitch easy to find. So if you are answering a query where they're asking about a certain topic or an expert, um, mention that in your subject line. Because if they're asking for five different types of um, resources for five articles they're writing, you want to make sure that when they go to write your topic that they can search and find it and see it in their inbox. Um, So searchable keywords will make your pitch easy to find. And then if you have some kind of notable observation, a statistic, or something that really stands out about your pitch, something newsworthy, something now, notable now, you can include that. But keep it short no more than 10 words, an average character count, um, which is the letters itself, between 41 and 64 characters. Um, My team found that just based on research, okay? So it's not like I have a specific thing that says, oh, you know, data says blah, blah, blah. But this is just um, based on um, email open statistics that we have seen. So no more than 10 words, and then between 41 and 64 characters. Otherwise, the whole thing kind of gets cut off and it's like dot, 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 and they might not see the main point of it um, because it's there's the ellipses and then it cuts off and they might not click through. So um, we also, inside the Pitch Lab, we have a, a little mini lesson on headlines and we have a headline, headline hacks resource inside the program um, and we're updating it now so that it's a little bit more focused on pitching and uh, more refined. But that's inside there, too. A lot of people ask about subject lines. I think, at a minimum, the best advice I could say is do not overthink it. Don't overthink it, you know. So don't put pressure on yourself to write this incredible subject line. The goal is get them to open it. That's it. So whatever that takes. Um, But don't be, like, super – don't be super, like – cutesy or try to be witty. So yeah, we want to make sure they just open it. They're enticed to open it. That's it. Don't overthink it. Don't be stuck in perfection paralysis because of your headline. Just hit send, get it out. You know, I have given the advice before to say pitch in a subject line. I probably wouldn't do it now personally. Never put pitch in the subject line. Yeah, I wouldn't now. I think it seems like unprofessional. It's kind of like Show It seems like you're like, hey, I, are you interested? It's a pitch. Are you interested? Other than like, you're a journalist. You learn about news. Here's a headline, you know, a subject line. Open this to learn about more news that may be relevant for you to share. Pitch is like, hi, I'm over here. Like, I have a, I have something to tell you. I think it feels yucky. And then number five is really, really obvious. And I just, it's a good reminder, but be short and sweet because we know that winning pitches, they're engaging, they're timely, but they're also succinct, right? Journalists are busy, um, they get tons to read, they're going to skim it. So if you can't frame a media approach with an interesting story in less than 180 words, it's probably a good time to pause, review it with fresh eyes, reflect If you are not able to say it succinctly, you have to rework the body of the pitch and really reflect on what you're trying to convey and see what's there that you can trim out, see if there's extra words that are superfluous. You want to start the basics of a winning pitch to start with an interesting intro paragraph. I like, again, to connect with that journalist so that they know it's me and you only. There's nobody else getting this email And then about two sentences to three that are going to highlight the main purpose of the pitch. And then um, something simple here that just lays the foundation. Um, You want to write two to three sentences and include details there that support the main purpose. So we also like bullet points. This is going to... um, Keep it succinct where they can quickly scan what your idea is. Maybe there's two or three bullet points that just summarize. Like if you're pitching your client as an expert, what can they talk about? Bullet, bullet, bullet. And it could be three different topics. It doesn't have to be one fully fleshed out. Maybe the journalist can say, oh, I really like number two. Can you um, expand on that for me? And then you have permission to go back and give something a little bit more in-depth and with more detail. But you want to give something quick, sweet. I put the word count here, 180, 200, fine. The shorter, the better. But um, number six is you want to make sure that you review them before you send them. So you want to look with fresh eyes and look for areas to improve readability. So like I said, you can use bullet points if you're trying to break up heavy text. Um, you can use bold words or, make, or or you know bold something or bold a sentence if you want to make something a really interesting nugget and have it stand out more. And you really want to focus on scannability and skimmability so that when they are quickly scanning your pitch, they'll be able to fully comprehend it. They want this type of pitch. We are going to review pitches, check for spelling errors, check for typos, grammar, um, proper grammar, proper punctuation, spelling. We probably adhere to AP more than anything, but I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just how I learned to write. And then, of course, you want to go back and ensure that you are not using jargon or too much technical language. You want to keep it simple and compelling and then also review it, say it out loud, and anything that you can do to break up heavy text and keep it succinct, go back through, review it before you send it. I don't know what it is, if it's my eyes or that I skim things really quickly, but I will review something. I will send it out. And then the next day I'll look at it because the email will come back from whoever, whomever I sent it to. And I'll see like three mistakes. And I'm of course mortified, but I don't know how I'm not seeing them. So I realize I have to put on my glasses and read it. I have to take a break. I have to refocus my eyes and then read it again because I'm missing very simple. I don't know if it's like autocorrect is changing it or what. So be sure when you send something to a journal, journalist, there are some that will literally delete your message. They don't care how good it is if you have typos because they'll assume you're not professional. You know, they, it's a journalist. Writers are very focused on proper grammar, proper spelling, um, proper uh, punctuation. So you got to focus on that. Or if that's not what you're good at, go to our community um, inside the pitch lab, um, there is a community of people. When you join the pitch lab, it's all members of our program that are super focused on writing winning pitches. So they will, if you post it in the Facebook group, we get people that'll read it, weigh in and you'll get a second pair of eyes, which is always nice. So we pitches are skimmable, no jargon, No words like innovative and, you know, meaningless, sort of like a revolutionary, you know, keep it straight to the facts. If you have a a technical type product, summarize it like you're talking to your mom. Summarize it like you're talking to your grandma, like simple language, nothing too technical. You know, you want them to like read it and understand it. So yeah, um, unless they ask for an attachment they will, a lot of journalists will have something that will automatically delete anything with an attachment. You can also have like a Dropbox, but, you know, uh, you want to just be sure you're not clogging their inbox with attachments, big attachments. Also, they're reading on the go and, you know, it takes forever to um, load, you know, so don't include that. Okay. So uh, the last thing is you're going to wrap up with a really clear, call to action or CTA if you hear anyone say CTA, it's a call to action. So you want to av- avoid burying the call to action or make it really difficult for the reader to find. They should be able to quickly review and understand the takeaway from your pitch. So you want a call to action is essentially what is the next step they can take to engage to move this along um, to make it simple for them. So uh, for example, a clear call to action could be um, let me know if you would like for me to set up an interview or maybe sharing a byline article for consideration. Let me know if you'd like for me to have my client write that up for your consideration. So you're pitching a bullet and they can ch- or three bullets and they can choose one of the three and say, that's really interesting to me. Um, your call to action will say if any of these topics are compelling let me know and I can share a bylined article for your consideration. So it's really clear what their next step is. Or you can offer an expert as a guest for a podcast or whatever um, topic they can weigh in on. You can offer to send samples, you can offer to send images. Um, you can offer to send additional you know um, information about a product. We like offering samples in a way, where we are asking for the address. So instead of saying, let me know if you want samples, we'll say, please provide your address. Or if we have one for them, we would include the address and say, is this a good address for us to send your samples or your media kit to? And that is more of like they'll say yes, and that's them accepting the press kit and the samples knowing it's on the way. So don't include a package unless they want it. Don't do you know blind sample sendouts, but do include something that's a call to action about offering samples and to be even more pushy without being obviously pushy, just have it like a confirm your address or please provide me the best address. So instead of them saying, yes, I want samples, they're saying, here's my address. It's easy because they know that means they're getting their samples. Um, We want to um, really just kind of summarize what the next step would be. So the editor knows whether they should take action on the pitch now or save it for future reference. So this is a, a source we can use in the future. That's why having good keywords in there matters because they'll file it away. And when they go to write an article, they're going to look for certain experts and search a, a keyword. And they'll find your client. They'll find your original pitch. Or is it something that's like immediate take action now? you know, what should they do? And when, like, if this is timely and relevant right now, what is the immediate next action they should take in order to catch on, catch this opportunity while it's still fresh. Um, And we also like the idea of identifying and offering an expert source where you're really adding value to the journalist and PR pro dynamic. You know, you're essentially like I have, I know what you write about. I have someone great that I want you to keep on your radar. Maybe not for anything now, but here are some things they can speak about. So offering and identifying an expert source from the, that onset, like this first pitch, is a key to adding value in this dynamic, this relationship you have with the journalist. So that they're like, oh, I remember that PR pro gave me like this really great source. Maybe I'll go back to them and uh, see if they have any other experts. And we like it because it'll build lasting relationships, which is obviously one of your main goals. You wanna, obviously we niche down, so you don't have to build relationships with literally everyone. And you just go for um, in-depth key relationships with the right journalists, the right um, writers, and know their style, and then there's a person on the other end. So these tips, Are going to help you start crafting more compelling winning pitches. Um, Obviously, the depth of what type of pitches you're writing, the content of your pitches. This is just assuming you have these ideas and you want to get them to the media in a way where they're going to read them, open them, and want to engage with you. And, you know, we are here to ensure you get the best results for your clients so that they stick around. That's the goal. Consistent, predictable, recurring retainer revenue means your clients stay in the door and they're happy. And we're giving you best practices so that you can just nail it for your clients or just subtle tweaks. You know, maybe there's one or two. And that's what I have for you guys today. I hope you are all having a wonderful week. Thank you so much for being here and take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pitching powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the pitch lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the pitch lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune in to next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.